Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart, he who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised. But he honors those who fears the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury or interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. Let's pray. Daddy, we love you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your incredible love and grace. And, Lord, that you would impart to us what we need to live this life. Father, I stand as a vessel broken, a vessel, Lord God, that desires to be used, a vessel, Lord God, that understands this sacred and holy moment. Lord, we have taken off our shoes this morning because we stand on holy ground. We stand, Lord, on holy ground because, Father, you have a word for all of us. God, I pray that I will be removed out of the way and that your people will hear your voice. And God, something in this message today will resonate and spring forth into everlasting life. I thank you for that, and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We are continuing our series that we began last week called High Definition Christianity. Last week we had talked about that we are children of God who are called to be different. How many like being different? The reason why we entitled the series High Definition is because you think of definition, definition actually defines what something is. It, it crystallizes a thing. And so we are looking at those values and those characteristics that make us stand out as Christians. In other words, when people see your life, are they very clear? Are you a high-def Christian? Do they know without a shadow of a doubt that you are a man or woman of God? So we want to try to make it a little bit easier for you this morning. So we're going to extrapolate characteristics within the next couple of weeks as it relates to those things that make us stand out. How many of you ready to stand out? How many know God has called you to stand out as a Christian? He wants you to be high death. Amen? And I can't think of a more key component to that than the subject of integrity. Everybody say integrity. integrity. How many know we are called to be people of integrity? More and more, my heart 
breaks because it seems that the order of the day is to be less than people of integrity. I think about our politicians. Think about those who are in business. I think about our sports athletes and all of these different areas in life. It seems to be a high tolerance today for those who do not walk in integrity. And it's almost like if you know your Bibles, and I know you do because you're Foundation Church, you study to show yourself approved here. In Matthew chapter number 24, you don't have to turn there, I just want to kind of give you some insight. It's as if, if you read Matthew chapter 24, Jesus kind of explains the, what the end times would look like. He characterized the end times as being a time of great deception, a time of betrayal, a time of great falsehood. Jesus understood that. And it, 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 it was as if he was preparing the people of God, the church, for that, that he was drawing that very distinct contrast that, that when you decide that you're going to walk with me, when you're going to walk with Jesus, you must understand that the closer you walk with him, the more you're going to stick out. The closer you walk with him, and when I say walk with him, I'm not just talking about, you know, just believing God for a miracle and all that's important. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about your character. Because the Bible says that it's God's desire to conform us, watch this, to the image of Christ. That's Romans 8, 29. So what God is after is that we, he wants us to be like him. And, and I, know, I know the rules of engagement today in society, they are not relevant to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, Jesus says, this world has nothing in me. Nothing. This world has nothing in me. He was holy. He was set apart. He was sanctified. And G, how many know when Jesus walked the planet, boy, did he stand out. And God wants you to stand out. This issue of integrity must not be compromised. The Bible says, this is something I'm very passionate about. Amen. The Bible says that the church is the pillar and ground of truth. That means you represent truth. When people on your job, when your boss, your supervisor, or whatever your circles of influence are, when people want to find somebody to do something that they feel like they can trust, and they're looking for somebody, they say, who can I trust? Who can I really believe and, and, and give this responsibility to? Because I know they're people of integrity. I can trust them. The question is, will they call your name? Will they call your name and say, yes, yes, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm, yeah, I want him be, 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 because I know that if, I, if, if he says something, he's a man of his word. Amen. She's a woman of his word. You see, this is Father's Day. This is a great message for fathers, but it's really applicable to everybody. Fathers, I want you to pay special attention, but everybody pay attention. Amen. 
Because this thing of integrity, and I know, how many know that the values of this world and our way of thinking, it, it derives from a mindset that goes completely opposite of what this world do. And, and, and I know people cheat. How many know that cheating today seems as norm, par for the course? People cheat on their spouses like it's not, and let me tell you, shamefully, in some circles, I even see this kind of thing happening within the life of the church. And so how many know that when you and I don't walk in integrity, the ramifications are huge? Boy, it's huge when, when, when the people of God are not people of integrity. Boy, that's huge. Because how many know when you lose credibility, you have no voice? The Bible says, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And sometimes we do it all in the name of God is a God of grace. Oh, God understands that I'm not perfect. He does. But he still expects you to live holy. God, under, he saved you by grace. Yes, he did. Thank God. He saved us by grace. But he wants you to be a person of integrity. He wants you to be a person of honesty. He wants you to reflect his Character. I want to look at three aspects of my sermon today that we're going to tackle. The first aspect will be the call to integrity. We'll explore the reality that we're called to be people of integrity. Because sometimes, I mean, know when you know when you know you God has called you to do something, it shouldn't make your ears perk up a little better. When God has said that this is what he wants you to do, you do it because you know this is what he wants you to do. There's a big difference, right? There's a big difference in doing what pastor wants versus what God wants. We're going to look at the call to integrity. And then we're going to look at the characteristics of a person of integrity. What does a man or woman of God look like who walks in their integrity? What do you smell like? What makes you high death? What defines you? Do people say, man, they are, man, I know brothers so and sisters so-and-so. Boy, they love the word. They are, they are some faithful, they are, they are lovers of God. They worship. Boy, they're some good people. How I many know, even if people don't agree with your Christianity, they will recognize in your, your integrity. Because when, when, when the bottom falls out, and God always makes sure it falls out. You know who they're going to come running to? The people of God. And we, listen, and how many know that we want our testimony to be such that, 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 that they feel confident that I can come and talk to Brother John. I can talk to Sister Shannon. I can, I can talk to, to, to Brother David. I can talk because I know they're people of integrity and I can trust them. This is who God has called us to be. Thirdly, we're going to look at the benefits of integrity. So we got to tell you, how you know there's a benefit in walking with God? The benefits of integrity. And I'll just kind of, let's look at the call to it toward integrity. Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. It's quiet in here. I'll just, I'll just recite a few verses. You don't have to read. You're not going to be able to keep up because I have a lot of verses today. So they'll be up on the screen. Just, just write, take notes. So how do we define integrity? What is integrity? 
If I had my way, I would just say the church. <laughs> what is integrity? The church of Jesus Christ. But let's define it. Integrity is best defined by some synonyms such as honesty, faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. faithfulness. Sincerity. And innocence. Integrity is one who have moral excellence and an and, and, and excellent character. Moral excellence. A person that can be trusted. They're rooted and grounded in truth and honesty. How many know that the world needs that right now? Because there's a lot of shysters out there. There's a lot of lies out there. Where do people go when they want to get the truth? Are you tracking with me? Where do people go when they're so confused? Where do they go? Read a couple of verses. John 14, 3 says this. We're talking about the call toward integrity. Jesus says this. I am the way, the truth. Everybody say truth. truth. And the life. This is what Jesus says. He said, I am the way, and I am truth. Let me know that there was no line in Jesus. There was nothing about his character that was shady. Amen? Amen. Third John 1, verse 4, reads this. I have no greater joy. This is the apostle John talking to the church. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children, they walk in truth. John says, man, I got no greater joy than to see the people of God walking in the truth. 1 Peter 2, 22 says this, Jesus, who committed no sin, nor was deceit. Everybody say deceit. deceit. Found in his mouth. I mean, no, we're going to go a little deep this morning. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna, we're going to wash you up in the spirit. You're going to take a bath. Is that okay? How I many know every now and then we need to take a bath in the spirit? We need to get cleaned up. We need to get washed. And, and you know, and li listen, and when you get ready to take a bath, don't try to fight it because you'll stink. <laughs> don't try to, don't try to, don't get mad at me. Look, don't, don't put up the guard. Shoo, shoo. I can feel it. I can sense it. Foo, foo. I can sense. Look, take the shower. Amen. You're going to smell better. All of us are going to smell better. Yes, now watch. He says, John 1.14. And the word became flesh. Who was the word? Jesus. Come on, say it nice and loud. Jesus. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Watch this. Full of grace and what? Truth. Are you getting this? Truth. Jesus is truth. And how many know his church ought to be what? Truth. How do, and why do we say that? Because Matthew 5, 48 says this. This is what Jesus said. This is what the master said, Jesus. He said, therefore, you shall be perfect. Watch this. Just as your father in heaven is perfect. In other words, Jesus saying, be like your daddy. How many know fathers? We're going to talk to the father. I mean, father, it's important that you walk right. It's important that you walk right, that you can give a good example. But he says, he says, Jesus says, I want you to be perfect just like your father. In other words, I want you to be just like him in your character. 
I want you to be like him. I, I want you to act like him. And, and, and one of the ways, the primary ways we know that we're like him is that we walk in truth. Christians that lie, cheat, and steal is wrong. Come on, somebody. Amen. <laughs> oh, boy, time is running away from me. I got to get going. Okay, so second thing. So that's the call, the call toward integrity. We're called to be like Jesus. We're called to walk like him. We're called to walk in his example. But what are the characteristics of a person of integrity? What is the characteristics? Number one, here's the characteristics. They tell the truth, right? <laughs> An obvious one. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Y'all got to run with me real quick. Ephesians 4, 25. Are you there? Say amen. Therefore, watch this. I don't want to keep it too long. Therefore, putting away lying. All right? Now, I've heard people try to uh, twist that, minimize that. It could not be mean like the little white lies. When the Bible, how many know, what is lying? <laughs> the Bible says, watch this, put away all lying. Put it away. You know what put it away means? Get rid of it. Let's watch this. White lies, big lies, medium lies, small lies. Get rid of them. How do you know that the people of God ought not to be associated with the spirit of lying? Amen. The Bible says this concerning Satan. The Bible says that Satan is the father of lies. So every time we walk in the spirit of deception, guess what? We're not marching to the drumbeat of our Heavenly Father. You're walking to the drumbeat of a whole different father. Are y'all liking y'all bad so far? <laughs> so, he says, put it away. Everybody said, put it away. Stop lying. You, you, listen, you're saved. You're sanctified. There's a new you. Hallelujah. Walk in your, look, come on, the, Colossians says this. In Colossians chapter 3, 9, it said this, do not lie to one another. It is the old man. So how many know that that, that that old man is always, we talked a little bit about that last week. You got to crucify that old man all the time. Because you know that old you that used to lie and deceive? How many know that it's trying to reign again? But you kill it. Amen. Kill it. Or it'll kill you. So we're going to put away lying. In Psalm 15, too, in our, in our verse that we was reading there a second ago, in Psalm 15, it says that he speaks the truth in his heart, talking about a person whose character is shaped by God. He speaks the truth in his heart. You know why it's important to speak the truth in your heart? Because we become masters of saying something that don't automatically line up with our heart. What does God see before you see anything else? God sees our heart. And so he says, the real, man of God, or man, the real man or woman of God is a person that speaks truth in their hearts. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? Speaks. So we need to get our hearts right. Amen? That's what we need to start with. We need to start with our hearts. Number two. The characteristics of a person of integrity is, watch this, they are not deceitful. Now, you may say, well, Pastor, what do you mean, lying, deceitful? It's all, there's, a, there's a little difference there. 
See, lying is a little bit more out front. You know when somebody tell a lie, they tell a lie, it's a lie, right? And you know it's, it's a lie. But when somebody is deceitful, they lie to you and you don't even know it. How many know what I'm talking about? In other words, deceitfulness has to do with trickery. You, you, you put, and some of us, we, let's watch, watch it, and we're not careful, we can do it all in the name of Jesus. Deceitfulness is, I lie to you, but I kind of hid it so you don't really know what I did, and you might catch it like down the road. 1 Peter 2, 1 says, put away deceit. Everybody say deceit. Get rid of it. It has no part of a godly man or woman. It says, therefore, get rid yourself of all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander of every kind. Clean it up. Let me know that we got to be careful with this thing of deceit. Look at the first, the second Corinthians chapter 4 real quick. I think I have this verse. I think she might have it on the screen. I think I gave it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Look at this. How many know that Christians, watch this, in particular, you know, if we're not careful, we, we can be, how many know that you can use the word of God to, to be manipulative over people? You know, pastors and Bible leaders and teachers and, and, not, and just lay people who know the word, you can get to a point that you can use the word of God in order to manipulate people to do what you want. In other words, I want you to do this way. So in order to get you to adhere to certain values and certain, and certain, and certain uh, uh, moral standings or whatever it might be, then I'm going to interject something in the scripture that's not there because I just think you ought to be this way. Well, if you think they ought to be that way, tell them. But how many know you can't go beyond the scripture? I, I had somebody got mad at me one time. And they said, they said well, I think you ought, you ought to tell them this. I said, brother, I was saved by grace. And I pastored by grace. And I will never go beyond what is written in the word of God. That's not my place. Now, if I think you're doing something that's dangerous, that's wrong, that's not good for you, I'll look you square in the face and tell you why you shouldn't do it. But how many of you know that, that, that just because we think a person ought to do something, we shouldn't be trying to manipulate them to do what we think they ought to do unless we can back it up with truth? Are you tracking with me? Amen. See, well, watch, watch what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. You there say amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness. Watch this. Ain't that something? He said not walking in craftiness, shiftiness. Sneaky, trickery, nor handling the word of God, what? Deceitfully. How many know you can handle the word of God deceitfully? And let me tell you something. When you do that, God ain't in it. How many know his word is holy? God is holy. God is righteous. And I'm, I, I'm scared of this book. I am, I am terrified of this book. And I don't want to use it in a way as a pastor. Look, I can stand up here every, I, listen, I'm good at what I do. I could, I, if, I, if, if, I, if I was evil in my heart, I could stand here and I can manipulate you to do what I want you to do. I know how to do it. I've seen people do it. I've seen people, preachers use the Bible to interject stuff in there. That's, and it's a spirit of deception. But God ain't called me to do that. He just called me just to stick with the truth. Listen to me. 
you belong to God. You don't belong to me. I trust God to fix what needs to be fixed. Amen? Amen. So we don't need to walk in the spirit of deception. We need to be people of integrity. That's right. And that we don't handle the word of God deceitfully, like Paul said here. Now watch this. Uh, The third thing, they are faithful. How many know, oh, my goodness, faithful. People of God are faithful. A person of integrity is a person that you can count on. You know, I was, I was talking to, I was talking uh, last week, I was, uh, you know, all of you are faithful, but, and I was talking to Brother Walter last week, and I looked at him, and, and you know, he probably don't want me to say this, but I'll say it anyway. He just had to get me later. But, but Brother Walter said, I said, Brother, and I, we were just having a conversation. First lady had an extended children's ministry. She says, my first lady is just like me. She long-winded. Y'all, some of y'all just figuring that out. When she gets talking, she gets going. And so we had some time to chit-chat. And I looked at Brother Walter, I said, man, I said, you're a faithful brother. You keep being faithful, God's going to bless you. Faithful. How many, the Bible says, watch this, a faithful man will abound with blessings. Proverbs 28, 20. A faithful person is a person you can depend on. You follow what I'm saying? Amen. See, I was, Sister April have been leading worship, I don't know how long, for at least probably a year at least. I don't know if there's ever been a Sunday that she's missed. And she's come up to me, and the sister said to me on numerous occasions, sick, can't even hardly open her voice, horse. But I never, ever have to sit back and say, oh, gosh, I wonder if April going to, I don't know, boy, I really hope. <sighs> never. You know why? Faithful. Faithfulness is a spiritual virtue that every Christian should have. All of us. Faithful. If we say something, how do we know? We stick with it. If you're on the job, one thing that people ought to be able to say about you, faithful. Say you'll be here what time? I, you're there. No excuses. How do we know? We can get excuses, boy. We get excuses over anything. But how do we know that when you say something, you ought to honor your word? Look, at, this is Proverbs 26. Watch this. It says, most men will proclaim each his own goodness. <laughs> but who can find a faithful man? Oh, God. A faithful man and woman is hard to find. It's hard to find. But how many know that you need to be faithful? You keep doing what you do, and you do it because God said do it. You be faithful because it's a Christian virtue, because God says that if you are faithful, you will abound with blessing. How many of you can stand to be blessed? I don't know about you, but don't be messing up my blessing. Hallelujah. How many know your pastor is faithful? I don't, I, how many of you drove to church this morning wondering if the pastor was going to show up? How many of you came to the doors wondering if the church door was going to be open? I, I, I'm just asking because maybe I, I mean, how many of you have to kind of sit back and say, Boy, honey, I hope pastors show up because I, I don't know. I tell you, you don't say that about me because I'm faithful. Amen. I ain't ashamed to say it. I'm not powerful. I'm just telling you the truth. Amen. I'm faithful and I lead the way that you're supposed to walk. Amen. Follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. Be faithful. Be a person that can be relied upon. Number four, they are, tra- oh God, they are transparent. 
They're transparent. You see, what they are here, they, hear, they, they are behind closed doors. Transparent means you can see through it. I once had a brother got mad at me one time. He's not, he's not part of the church. He got mad at me, and no, no more anyway. It's been a while. So he says, he says to me, and he hadn't been coming. He, might, he maybe came to church maybe once or twice a year. But on the job, he was telling folks at the job, uh, he'd go to church every Sunday. Now, I didn't know this, right? So somebody, so we needed that brother to do something for us. And somebody said, well, why don't you ask brother so-and-so because, you know, he go to your church, you know? I said, well, I haven't seen him in almost a year. I get a phone call. <laughs> Pastor, I need to meet with you. Oh, okay. You want to meet with me? Sure. We can meet, chit-chat. So I'm sitting there in the car. We're sitting there talking. And he got little tears in his eye. So what's wrong, brother? I'm thinking it's maybe somebody passed away. You know, I'm ready. I got my anointing oil. I'm ready to. And he says, yeah, I don't appreciate what you did. I said, what I do? He said, I don't want nobody knowing my business. Yo, what's your business? Um, I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, well, you know, I, I, you know, I don't want nobody to know uh, how often I come. I said, brother, I said, look, they asked me a question. I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, and, and he says to me, he, he says, well, I don't want nobody to know what I do. I said, I ain't tell nobody. I just said, I haven't seen you. I mean, no, the truth is the truth. The truth will set you free. Come on, somebody. So he gets mad at me. You know why? Because he got another life. He wants them to think one thing when he's living another. Somebody ought to know that's wrong. That's called hypocrisy. Amen. See, see, a man, a, a, woman, a man or woman of integrity, they're transparent. You know what I'm saying? You, you, listen, they're not shifting, they're not ducking, and they're not hiding. Oh, who was that? Who, oh, oh, oh. I mean, no, that ought not be with the people of God. It's transparent. Number five. We said this, and I'm not going to belabor labor on this. We said a person of integrity, they keep their word. Numbers 30, verse 2. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to build, to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceed out of his mouth. How many know men of God? Men of God, let me say this real quick. Men of God, listen to me. We need to be people that honor our word. Honor. How many know a good name is hard to get? And when you mess up your name, there's a, you may get God's grace and all that, but you know there's a several level, uh, there's a, there's a, 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 a particular kind of anointing that you, you can never get back when you cross the line. So we need to do that. Now, um, number six. People of integrity, they hang with the right people. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupt good character. How many know if you're a person of integrity, you ain't going to be hanging out with somebody that's a cheat and steals? Amen? Come on. I want, I, listen, we had one time, we had, uh, in my early years on the police department in Fairfax County, and I remember they had a guy who was doing folks' taxes. And I used to hear all the officers say, oh, man, you ought to go to this guy. Why? Because he get you thousands of dollars. I mean, guys getting, single guys getting 10, 12, 15. I said, and I knew, I knew someone. I said, something ain't right with that. Yeah, no, 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 something ain't right with that. You know what? I never called him. 
Because if anything, listen to me, I'm not going to be associated with anything that lacks integrity. Some of us get in trouble because <laughs> of who we run with. You better be careful. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm going to do this real quick. Can I have seven minutes? Can I get seven minutes? All right. All right, I'm going to try to do this. Y'all stay with me. Y'all stay with me because I went a little long. But, but listen, all right, I want to give you the benefits. All right, the benefits. I, I want to get this done. The benefits of walking in integrity. Amen? Here's the benefit. Number one, it secures and protects us. Righteousness guards the man of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. So integrity acts as like your security blanket. How many know when you're walking, when you're walking in integrity, you know, it, there's a place of security because you're not worried. You're not worried about something coming back to hunt you. Come on, somebody. Amen. You're not worried about something that you did that's been, that's been, you remember me? <laughs> Come on, church. See, a person, when you walk in integrity, one of the benefits is it protects you. See, the Bible says the integrity of the upright will guide them. Number two, God promises to bless us when we walk in integrity. 1 Kings 9, verses 2 through 5, you guys write it down. God told Solomon, God said, Solomon, now, if, if, if you walk in, in integrity, in the uprightness of your heart, I will bless you like I blessed David. How many know God wants to bless you? When you walk in your integrity, God will bless you. Number three, the benefit of walking in your integrity is you develop a good name. Proverbs 22.1, a good name is more desirable than great riches, and to be esteemed is better than silver and gold. Guard your name, folks. Guard your reputation. Don't run with people who are shysters, and don't do anything that will compromise who you are. When people say your name, let them speak well of you. Number four. Watch this. Here's a big benefit of a person who walks in integrity. His children are blessed after him or her. Proverbs 27 says this. This is Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. The righteous man walks in his integrity, and his children are blessed after him. How many know that your children sees what you do? My dad used to, my dad, my dad, you know, I used to have this problem. But he, I used to ask this question as a little kid. But he would always make sure we went to church. He'd say, y'all go to church. But he never went. He does, he does, y'all get up and go. But he never went himself. And he lost a lot of credibility with me because I saw a man who said one thing, but he did something totally different. And then I found myself growing up outside of Christ doing some of the same things that I saw my daddy do. Because, because my daddy said something, but what really impressed me was how he lived. See, the Bible says, see, see, how many know? See, see the Bible says that, 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 that the righteous man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed. How many know if somebody call you up on the phone, daddy or mommy, don't tell your kids a lie. Well, tell them I ain't here. How many know that's lying? <laughs> Look, just say I'm unavailable if you don't want to talk. You don't have to go through those extremes. I ain't here. You ain't here. He's sitting over there. Come on, church. How many know your children see that? 
and they're mimicking your life. And so if our children are going to be blessed, we got to walk. They need to see us operating in integrity. They need to see us doing stuff the right way. They need to see us being that example. They need to see that in our lives. Then the Bible says they will be blessed. Why? Because they're going to pick it up. Because in the, in the core of every child, God made them this way. They want to be like their daddy. In the core, you want to be like mom. You want to be like dad. You know why? Because God wired you that way. All I'm saying is make them proud. Make them worthy of you by doing the right thing, being a person of integrity. Failure to walk in integrity, you jeopardize your own family. I mean, no, we don't want to do that. Be people of integrity. Lead. Show your kids. This is how you do it. Walk in it. Number five, we only got two. That's seven, it's almost seven minutes. I got another four minutes now. All right. That was a joke. Okay. Some of y'all ain't laughing. Okay, I get it. <laughs> number, number five, I'm zealous for this. I'm sorry. I'm just zealous. I'm zealous for you. I want to get you this information. Number five, how many know when you walk in your integrity, God will vindicate you? Psalms 26.1 says this. David said, vindicate me, O Lord. For I have walked in my integrity. How many know that when you walk in your integrity and you walk with God, you don't have to worry about people to lie on you? When people lie on you, well, such and such did this, and you know you didn't do it, your integrity and your heart, you know that what they're saying about you ain't true, you ought to hold your head up. Don't get upset about it. Say, well, God, vindicate me. God, you know what I did. How many know you can't worry about people like that? But see, if you walk in your integrity, integrity, God says, I'll vindicate you. I'll make sure that people know that your righteousness is going to spring forth like the noonday. I'm going to make sure that people know who you really are. How many of you have had somebody say something, misrepresent you in some way, and it bothered you? And it drove you nuts. Don't let it drive you nuts anymore. Because at the end of the day, here's, here's, here's the last one. At the end of the day, watch this. You have a good conscience. Conscience is a gift that God gives you. I mean, it's a wonderful gift. Don't abuse your conscience. It's there for a reason. I don't know. Maybe it's inappropriate for me to say this, but we're family, so. Um, you know, some years ago, and I don't know whether or not O.J. Simpson killed her. I, you know, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just using an example. But most of those who are in law enforcement of people who know how this stuff works believe that the evidence was overwhelming. I don't really know what he did because I wasn't there. But here's what I do know. That every, and I used to love watching OJ. Y'all remember watching OJ Simpson when he used to do those Hertz commercials? Some of y'all know, some of y'all don't know, some of y'all don't. I mean, OJ Simpson running through the airport, y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all little kids, some of y'all, all y'all are like babies in here. Y'all don't remember that. But I grew up, and, and you know, and I used to love me some OJ Simpson. I used to read about OJ Simpson. But let me tell you something. After that whole incident happened, even though he was acquitted, every time I saw that man after that, boy, he looked like his, in his face, he was in torment. He looked like he had all kind of stuff going on. And when you look at him, you can feel the tension. He was not the same. I suspect that his conscience was bothering him for something. You know, one of the wonderful benefits of walking in integrity is that your conscience is clean. You can go to bed at night knowing you did the right thing. 
You can go to sleep at night knowing that you didn't rip nobody off. You can go to sleep at night knowing that you were the person of truth. But if you haven't done that, your conscience will bother you. Thank God it's bothering you because if you didn't have one, because you can, the Bible talks about how your conscience can be seared to the degree that you're so reprobate that you feel nothing. I mean, no, conscience is important. Paul says in Acts 24, 16, he said, this being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and man. Your conscience, at the end of the day, somebody, listen, sister, brother, and so-and-so, they didn't, maybe they didn't see you do what you did. And you may think you've gotten away with it, but your conscience knows. Your conscience. You know, you haven't gotten away with anything. Nobody in here gets away with nothing. The Bible says everything is naked unto him whose eyes he must live before. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you, as I've already have, to be a person that commits to integrity. Be a person of honesty. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I'm finished. My seven minutes just ended. You, maybe you listen to this word this morning and you know in your heart, the Holy Spirit, you know, the Bible says, don't resist his voice. Don't resist his voice. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, that's God's love calling you. When you get a conviction in your spirit, that's not a time to say, oh, it's not me. That's the time to say, thank you, Lord, because God, you love me. Obviously, God, you love me because you're convicting me. And if you feel a conviction about something, maybe you've, maybe you've cheated some, somebody. Maybe you've been a, a hypocrite. Maybe you've, you've done some things that you know is wrong. And, and, and you just, you need to get it right. You know, this thing, we tell people to come to the altar. The altar means change. The altar means change. And so, and so what happens is that when you confess, your sins to God. When you raise your hand and say, Lord, I acknowledge that's me. That's, that, that's an act of surrender. And when you come to the altar, you're taking a step of faith, a visual step of faith to submit that thing to God. I'm not going to ask you what it is. But if the Holy Spirit has convicted you this morning, I don't even want you to think about it. If you know that you've, been, you've done something wrong, you haven't operated in integrity, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you through this message and you say, I need to get it right, I'm not even going to ask you what it is. Just come to the altar. I want to pray with it. Don't even think about it. Just come. Let's come. I know, listen, I, I know the Holy Spirit is speaking in here. Come. Just come right in front of me. I want to pray with you. Come on up. See, it took two to get the rest of you to come. You know who you are. This is the Holy Spirit. He said, I, I haven't walked in my integrity. God has shown me that there's some things I got to clean up. I've been a hypocrite. I haven't walked in truth. I've been presenting myself one way, but I've been living another. Is there another that will say that this morning? I need to recommit to the spirit of integrity. God wants to heal you this morning if you come. Is there another? Is there another? Brothers, I want to commend you. I don't even know what it is. 
But what's important is that God knows. And God has summoned you here this morning because he loves you and he wants to heal you. See, when you make a public confession, you stand up and you acknowledge to God that I have a problem, God gives you grace. He gives you grace. The folk that sit and they know they got an issue and they don't come, they, they are still kind of wilding in it. But the folk that step up, God gives grace because we're acknowledging that we need his help. This is bold. This is what I call a bold step of faith. But take what he shows you today and walk in truth. Make changes. Begin to confess and then begin to acknowledge on a regular basis that I'm a changed person. That I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going in a whole different direction. Do you hear me this morning? Father, I just pray for these brothers. God, I thank you for their faith. God, that you know their heart, Lord. You know their struggle. Father God, you know exactly what's happening with them this morning. Maybe, Lord, the pressures of life just kind of got the best of them. Maybe it's the pressure, Lord, just trying to survive, trying to make it, that in some shape or form we compromise our integrity. God, forgive, and God, heal. You know, God just gave me a word for one of you. And I just, just keep it. Here's what the Holy Spirit said. Job, God, just, he put this in my spirit. Job was afflicted. He lost his family. He lost his possessions. He uh, eventually lost his health. Job lost everything. And the Bible says in Job, I believe, chapter 2, verse 3, that even though Job lost everything, the Bible said God still bragged on him and said that he held fast to his integrity. What God, the Holy Spirit is saying this morning is no matter how hard it gets, no matter the pressure that you face, no matter how difficult God says, hold fast to your integrity. Don't compromise your integrity for one moment. This is the Holy Spirit speaking this morning. Receive it. Don't compromise your integrity. Do the right thing, even if it means you have to swear to your own hurt, because God will bless you if you walk in integrity. Father, I thank you for that word, Lord. And I pray that you will bless these brothers, God. And, uh, Lord, and I want you to raise your hand, gentlemen. Raise your hand. Listen, as an act of submission. Lord, I, I, I thank you, Lord, that you see their hands. Father, as an act of submission, they are confessing their sin. Lord, you said that when we confess, you are faithful and just to forgive. Yes. Forgive my brothers. Restore to them, Father, what they've lost. Father, restore a good name if they have lost it in any way. And if they haven't, as of now, God, just keep them clean in their heart and in their spirit, oh God. Father, I thank you for your cleansing power. And we receive today your word of healing. And I pray and thank you, Father, for blessing my brothers and keeping them in integrity. God, we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. God, we see If there's anybody here this morning who don't know Jesus as Savior, we never like to close our service. We never want to close our service without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after death comes judgment. Judgment is eternal. Judgment, there's no turning back. If you die and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you have not given your life to him. You cannot 
get into the place of eternal bliss and have a change of mind, a change of heart. You got to do that right here and right now. If you're hearing God's voice this morning and you know you're not saved, you know in your heart whether or not you belong to God. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about how much Bible you know. I'm not talking about what church you grew up in. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about you personally surrendering your life to Jesus and seeing a marked difference. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I want to get saved today. Jesus is here today to love you into his kingdom forever. Is there one? If that's you this morning, you say, I haven't given my life, but I'm ready to make that change. Come on, slip your hand up. Is that, is that one? You haven't given your life to Jesus, but you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit that you want to get saved today. Is that one? We don't want to close. This is, this is life. This is why we do what we do. Is that one? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, come on, stand to your feet and give God praise as you're standing up. Come on, give God praise. Ladies, treat your daddies good today. Bless them. Hallelujah. And encourage. And, and, and ladies, let me just say, be an encouragement to the man of God, to your, as April called you, to your king. Be an encouragement. And, and, and you know, and, and whatever you want to see in your man of God, watch this. Speak it into their life. Call them what they are, not necessarily what they might be doing, because and you can look at them and say, what you're doing right now is not what you are. You're going to change, and you begin to speak life. You speak life to your spouse. Speak life to your marriage. And that man of God, let me tell you something, it is hard being a man of God with all the pressures and then trying to live holy. How I many you know it's hard? Ladies, you're the backbone. You, wouldn't, you are the one to make the whole thing work. Without you, we can't be the people that we need to be. We need the words of affirmation from our spouses. We need it. How I many men, come on, you know, men, come on, say amen. You need to hear your wife say, honey, I love you. Honey, hang in there. Honey, you can make it. Amen. Honey, you can make it. Honey, I'm proud of you. You're providing for me every day. I got a roof on my, honey, I love you. How I many men, they want to hear that and make us feel proud, make us feel strong. I was up in Kentucky the other day. Kentucky. Anybody from Kentucky here? And my wife sent me a text. She said, you know, I miss you. I was like, oh, I can't wait till I get home. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'll leave it there. Hallelujah. I made me happy. Did my heart good. Because, you know, because I need that from her. And why does your husband need to hear that from you? So bless your man of God. Bless your king. Amen. Come on, stretch your hands to the heaven. Father, we thank you so much. We love you, God. We adore you. We praise you. Father, thank you that we are a people of integrity, that we are people of honesty, that we are people, Lord, that walk rightly. God, I thank you for the bath this morning. God, we just took a good bath. Some of us were already smelling all right, but now we, we're a little bit more pristine. Hallelujah, God. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. God, we thank you for your son. We thank you for life. Oh, God, we love you with everything that is in us. God, we give you praise now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us before his throne of grace, blameless, hallelujah, 
without blame, holy in his sight. To him be glory, dominion, power, now and forevermore. And all God's people said amen. Come on, clap your hands. Give God a praise. We'll see you next week.